Maybe you don't feel anything for your husband because he just does not seem to be interested at all in you. And that goes back a long ways, all the way back to the very beginning of men and women. Remember in Genesis 2, when God made Adam and then God made Eve and Adam woke up from his nap and he saw the woman and he said, oh, yes. It's like, you are, you are part of me and I can't even be me without you. And she felt so good, so desired. This man was locked in on her. She felt loved. But then go just one chapter later in the Bible and what do we hear coming out of the mouths or the husband's mouth? Uh, God, it was this woman you put here with me. She's the one who messed it all up. It's her fault. I didn't even ask for her. I didn't even want her to be here. I don't even know why you did this to me. But I really didn't want anything to do with her in the first place. And now look what happened because she's here. And how do you think Eve felt hearing that? To go from the high of being perfectly desired to the low of hearing I don't ever want anything to do with you ever again. I want to look at this from maybe a slightly interesting perspective. If you think of that conversation in the Garden of Eden, I want you to consider what Adam was doing at the same time that he was talking badly about his wife. He was at the same time covering himself up. He was covering up his naked body. He was ashamed to be in front of her. He was, he was covering himself up. And why do you think he was covering himself up? Because he at the same time believed that he was the kind of person that she should want nothing to do with. He was feeling guilt. And that's a painful feeling. A painful feeling that can often lead a person to intentionally keep distance from somebody else because they are so afraid that another person will look at them and come to the same conclusion. And if you think it's even possible that that might be the case in your relationship with your husband, that one of the reasons he is showing no interest in you is because he knows he has given you plenty of legitimate reasons not to be interested in him. I'm going to give you a solution that might begin to bridge the gap. And the solution is this. Be curious about him. Be curious about him. About anything at all related to his life. Ask him questions about, about his day, but go deeper if you can. Ask him questions about his hopes and his dreams. Spend time listening to him. And, but just be incredibly curious about him. One of the reasons why is because... Um, He's a different man than he is when you married him. Just like you are a different woman than you were when he married you. Uh, life goes on, we grow, we change, things happen to us, and we are, we are always becoming somebody that we weren't before with every life experience and with every year that goes by. And so there's always something to learn about. There's always something to learn about him. But also because it is an incredibly powerful gift that we can give to one another in being curious about one another because it shows something. It shows that you're interested in them, that you want to be close to them, that you don't want to keep your distance. We see this in the book of Philippians as the Apostle Paul is writing to his friends in the city of Philippi towards the end of the book. 
he, um, he's expressing his deep love for his friends and he points, he's point this out, points this out about them in Philippians chapter 4. He says, It was good of you to share in my troubles. He was incredibly appreciative to them because they took the time to share in his troubles, to figure out what they were, to listen to his needs, and then to rack their brains, maybe together with Paul even on some cases, of, of how they could address these things together so that they, in whatever way, they made it clear to Paul that they wanted to go through life with him. All of, everything that his life was, everything that he was, they wanted to share in it as if they were part of it. And they didn't want to stop being part of it. And so Paul expresses that, that great, that, it's like, you are curious about me. And it made such a powerful impact on him. And again, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, to Genesis chapter 3, God gives us some incredible insight into one particular area of life that it would be good to express some curiosity in about him. One thing that matters to him quite a bit has a significant impact on how he views himself. We see this in the different consequences that God gave to Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden. That when God came to Eve, he said, there's going to be pain in childbirth and your desire is going to be for your husband. And he was warning her that because relationships in your life have the power to make you feel so good, you're just going to have to watch out now because those same relationships, if they're not there in your life, they're going to have the ability to crush your heart if they're missing or if they're broken. Relationships mattered a great deal and made a big impact on how Eve viewed herself. But for Adam, it was different. The consequences that God gave to Adam didn't focus at all on relationships. Not that they weren't going to be important to him, but God wired men to, to view themselves through the lens, not of relationships primarily, but primarily their work. Which is why he said to Adam, as you work the ground, as you toil, it's going to be a lot of pain for you. There's going to be thorns and thistles. And this one area of life that so easily made you feel so good because you felt so useful, well, it's going to be a lot harder to find that joy in this world where work is going to be much, much more difficult. And it's not accidental that God gave these consequences to both Eve and Adam while the other one was there listening. Uh, God certainly wanted Adam to hear how important relationships were going to be to Eve so that he could take that knowledge and, and do something good with it. And if that hasn't been the case for you, I'm sorry. It's not the way God meant it to be. And I hope and pray that your husband begins to see that in some kind of way. But it also wasn't accidental that Eve was there listening to God's consequences for Adam of how important work was to him, that he was going to view almost everything in life through the lens of how valuable his work was. And so if there's one area of life that I would encourage you to be curious about in particular, it would be be curious about his work. Ask him about his day. Ask him about the details. Ask him what felt good. Ask him what was difficult. Ask him how you can support him and show that you care about his work and you can do that in a number of ways. One is by giving him praise about his work as often as you can. You don't have to make anything up, like don't invent anything. But if you see him do something well, tell him that he did that really, really well. That's different than saying thanks to him, by the way. That can also be a very powerful thing, but it doesn't accomplish the same thing as telling him that he did something really, really well. That fills him up in great ways. And the person who says that to him is going to be somebody who rises a little bit in, uh, in, his, in his mind. And if you're the one who says that to him on a regular basis, that you praise him, you give him praise for work, for his work that he does, you're just, you're going to continue to rise in his mind and in his heart. Also, because he cares so much about work, um, 
give him time to take a break from it because it's always on his mind. And there's so, there's so much to do. And guys typically are very good about beating themselves up for work that is undone or commitments that they haven't been able to fulfill or tasks that haven't been completed yet. Work is always on a guy's mind typically and they're always thinking about it. And so as much as possible, you can show that you're curious about his work and that you care about it by every once in a while giving him a break from doing something. That means a lot to him and again that'll elevate your status in his mind when he knows that you when he knows that you're doing those things. And so give him give him praise, give him time away, give him, you know, give attention, give attention to his work. Um, and if you give these things, another very legitimate question might be popping into your mind. That if you give and you give and you give and you give and you give to him. What if he never gives back to you? Maybe that's where you are. And I think the Apostle Paul anticipated that too as he was writing to his friends in Philippi. As he noted how much they had given him. They gave and they gave and they gave. He knows that giving is a very, very hard thing. Which is why he reminded them at the very end of that section, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I'd say it another way. We'll never be able to outgive God. God knows how hard it is to sacrifice. He knows how hard it is to give and give and give until he had nothing left to give and he had given his entire life. But in doing that, he showed you that he will always give everything he has to take care of you so that you can know that whenever you give and give and give for others, God's love working through you is not going to fail to give you everything you need. Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy this message and have friends that you think will enjoy it too, would you take just a moment and share it with them? Sharing not only helps this podcast get discovered, it also helps tons of other people learn about the unconditional love and the general awesomeness of Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for sharing this message and have an amazing day.